Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Welcome to the Mortcast. Today I kind of want to talk to you about Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, and some rules changes and what it's done to uh, change the way we play defense in the NBA. Um, it's going to be... it. it I think, you know, basically the Nuggets just beat the Atlanta Hawks last night. Our old friend Danilo Gallinari scored two points and looked old. That um, was kind of startling to see. Uh, he was, like, struggling to go up and down the court. He looked very stiff. Um, and uh, that was concerning. But, uh, look, this isn't about Gallo. This is about why Nikola Jokic basically looks better on defense than he did last year, despite the Nuggets not playing any differently. Um, I don't think anyone can objectively look at the Denver Nuggets and say that they are different than they were last year, other than no Jamal, no Michael Porter Jr. for the last four games. Um, There's no tangible difference to this team. Um, you know, you add Jeff Green, but quite frankly, Jeff Green's not a defensive stalwart. This is this is this is a schematically basically the same team. Uh, this team is slow as hell, which is always which is their mo. Um, this is not a team other than the fact that they shoot more threes. This is really fundamentally the same approach, same everything on this team. Um. Since basically, you know, we're going back to the trade deadline last year when Aaron Gordon got here. But I, I'm going to kind of go over the factors of why Nikola Jokic looks better this year. Um, I'm going to start and just basically cover this uh, on the first half of this podcast. I'm going to talk to you about Aaron Gordon and his effect on how Jokic can look looks better, and in the second half. I'm going to talk to you about the rules changes and how that has basically fundamentally altered the way we play. Uh, anyone who listened to my podcast on this about two weeks ago, uh, I suggest you go back and listen to that and uh, kind of talk about, it talks about how the rules have have flipped and have brought this more of a balance to basketball. But... They, the Aaron Gordon has been interesting in the sense that um, he is not, prior to, prior to Gordon's arrival, um, Michael Malone's crutch defensively was Torrey Craig. And the reason Torrey Craig is no longer on this roster, I would venture to guess, is because he was playing over Michael Porter Jr., um, and sometimes you got to do this with coaches to to just make sure they play the play guy. Um, you know the Nuggets are now going to be paying Michael Porter Jr. some variant of between four one hundred and forty two to two hundred seven million dollars. Okay, so uh, obviously that investment is there. That's tied into that Nuggets fans. Um, 
disavow yourself of the notion that uh, Michael Porter Jr. will be benched. This is not happening. Um, you that's this, this, the Nuggets are committed and they need to develop him and they're going to have to go through the bumps and bruises of this. So let's remove Mike for a second. Let's talk about Aaron Gordon. Um, one thing that Aaron Gordon does extremely well is contain guards. You know, Torrey Craig used to be able to... Torrey Craig's basic only value was playing uh, people who are smaller than him. Um, Aaron Gordon can play both big and small. He can play uh, bigger wings, and he can play smaller guards because he's an extremely intelligent uh, defensive player. I never got that credit in uh, Orlando because that is not how Orlando used him. Uh, they were depending on uh, Aaron Gordon to be a uh, a franchise changer kind of guy, and where in reality, even going back to his days at Arizona, uh, Aaron Gordon was a uh, guy that you put in there as a whatever he gives you in scoring uh, isn't the point. It's he's not a bad scorer, um, but you're not looking at you're not depending on him for that. You depend on him to be your defensive glue guy, um, and there's been some great players in NBA history who've been like this, uh, because the last night's game, Gordon scored 22, 24 points, uh, and just basically, for most of the game, bottled up Trey Young, right? But Aaron Gordon, going back to Arizona, was kind of like a defensive dude, and I'll tell you this, this is something that, uh, I think I may have mentioned this on a podcast before, but, um, I was talking to people who are familiar with the Nuggets, who went in and around the Nuggets organization back in 2014 when he was drafted. And to say that the Nuggets highly valued Aaron Gordon in 2014 when he was drafted would be an understatement. Uh, and, and keep in mind, Brian Shaw was still the coach of the Denver Nuggets in 2014. Um this is a cultural slash um, a, uh, a, a mindset within this Nuggets organization through most of the people who are still there that Aaron Gordon had a skill set that was highly coveted, uh, particularly for this Nuggets team. And he goes to, to uh, Orlando, and Orlando is in such a situation where they have to use him as as something that he wasn't. And then they drafted Mario Hazonia in 2015. I got to take the L on that one. And him having Victor Oladipo there and all that stuff, it just didn't work. Um, and uh, it be due to mismanagement, uh, Aaron Gordon was kind of languishing and put, put into a role that didn't suit him. Well, ever since he's been on the Nuggets, it's, it's, it's easy to say that with a team with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, um, that uh, it's easier for him to slot into a role. Um, I guess that's some uh, factor there. But um, Gordon is, by and large, the best defender the Nuggets have seen in ages. Maybe, maybe since Kenyon Martin was here. Uh, maybe since Ig Andre Iguodala was here. And I really do think Iguodala is a good comparison with uh, Aaron Gordon. Um, Iguodala, the, the difference is Iguodala, when he was in Denver, always fancied himself as a complete player slash scorer. Um, and really what he was in Philadelphia and what he became in uh, uh, Golden State was not that. He's just a defensive glue guy. 
And Aaron Gordon is that guy without the uh, locker room issue issues that maybe that uh, uh, Andre Iguodala had. What you're seeing from Gordon is a guy who you can plug out there and like will commit to it. And what I always tell people about defense is like you don't need you don't need consistent effort all the time, nor do you need. Uh, a team like the Memphis Grizzlies uh, of the you know, early 2010s in order to play defense. Inevitably, those def- those Grizzlies teams burn themselves out in the playoffs. Uh, kind of like even, like I even say the Chicago Bulls, Tibbs Chicago Bulls, they just burn themselves out from minutes. And, I mean, defense is hard. What you need for a better defense, and the 2013 Nuggets proved this, is buy-in, to the extent that you have a guy out there who can really manage the tough covers and can cover on the perimeter. And uh, on the other side of that, you just need guys who just won't be messing up. And even Mike this year has bought in. He's not, he's not, will probably never be a great defensive player. But even when Mike was out there, this deep, the defense on this team was, was very good. It's been aided by the rules changes. And I'll talk about that in the second half. Aaron Gordon's ability to do the very specific things very well has been invaluable to Nikola Jokic. Uh, one of the problems this Nuggets team has had through the years with Nikola Jokic is we need to face this fact. This, this is an undeniable fact, Nuggets fans. I know we want to protect Nikola, and I don't think this has anything to do with any personal with Nikola. He's not fleet of foot, right? And a lot of these rim-protecting bigs, He'll either have long strides, leg length is big, or they're quicker than Nikola. Those are the Nikola's two deficiencies. One of the one of uh, Jokic's great aspects is one thing he showed last night. Actually, is his ability to play slow down and play slow, um, which is harder to guard on the offensive end uh, than sometimes it is when you have a really fast person. Um, so Jokic and his, uh, kind of lack of foot speed and ability to cover a great distance in a short amount of time, be it through stride or, uh, being quick has been a, has been a hamper as far as protecting the rim. And if you're going to have a guy like that in the middle, one of the essential things you need is someone who can cut off penetration. Um, Monty Morris is not a great defender. Uh, Will Barton is an okay defender. Michael Porter Jr. is not a great defender, but he's getting better. Jamal Murray's not a great defender. Um, but if you have someone who can you can put on the best player and cut off their penetration, that, that prevents a lot. And what you saw last night uh, from this Nuggets team, particularly when it comes to Governor Clint Capella, is that deficiency that was there before wasn't was mitigated to a large extent because Aaron Gordon was able to, uh, and, and what you saw with Gordon was he wasn't, uh, it wasn't about staying in front of Trey Young. If you go back and watch the tape, watch the tape, if you go back and watch the videos and you try, and maybe you try to get a hold of the entire game, maybe watch the replay on altitude or if you have a DVR. Watch Aaron Gordon and how he covered Trey Young. It was 
he would cut off the initial penetration and then get on his side when uh, Trey was getting into the lane. So, for instance, uh, one of Trey Young's uh, crutches is that he tends to, he does tend to dominate on one side of a dribble, and he's very quick, he's very small, and Trey Trey Young still scored last night. Make no mistake about that. But what Gordon was able to do was stay on one side of of Trey Young, predominantly his left side, and bother him enough to where he had to pass. Now, Young loves these pocket passes to Compella and all that stuff. But bothering Young that much on the penetration helped Nikola Jokic out because it's the roll to the rim from uh, Clint Capella that has always bothered Jokic. It's the it's screen and roll. And uh, Jokic's lack of vertical and lack of ability to be fleet of foot um, hurt him with guys who rolled to the rim like that. Well, this has allowed Jokic to occupy space, right? And I think I think when we're talking about this Nuggets team, we forget that the Nuggets' defensive issues through the years have almost been entirely about their lack of ability to cut off the penetration in order for Jokic to occupy space. Now Jokic looks like a better uh, defender because and rim protector. Because he can, he's not getting, he's not constantly in retreat. Uh, it happened a couple times last night, uh, particularly in the first quarter. But when Jokic was out there, he was able to become that massive guy who occupies space, rather than getting him moving backwards constantly. And that was almost entirely due to Aaron Gordon. Gordon uh, was able to cut off the perimeter and cut off penetration from Trey Young. And he's the guy that you had to worry about. The the Nuggets, you could tell last night, weren't particularly concerned about Kevin Herter penetrating. Um, You could tell that they weren't particularly concerned about any of the other wings of Atlanta penetrating. They were concerned almost entirely with Trey Young. And Gordon's ability to stay on Trey Young and and make sure he, he was bothered the entire time was absolutely invaluable, and it made, and it actually gave the uh, opportunity for Jokic to grab almost 20 rebounds because he wasn't constantly in in retreat off the roll. And that part is 100% invaluable. You just, you cannot underestimate Aaron Gordon's effect on how it has made Jokic himself look and be a better defender. All right, before I get to the next part of the podcast, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and & Moisee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block there, always online at bfwdenver.com. Pick yourself up a bottle of wine. They've had some new things come out recently. Uh, they had a limited run with a uh, distillery here in Denver with a bourbon-finished uh, wine, which I heard was very, very good. Uh, you may want to venture down to the Dairy Block and check that out. Or if you're not comfortable going down to the Dairy Block, go to bfwdenver.com, order yourself a bottle. Get yourself that 2017 Cabernet. Get yourself some of the uh, 
uh, Blake Street Blend, both of which are excellent, come recommenda- recommended by um, yours truly. Um, or you can just get yourself uh, uh, some swag, you know. Uh, they also got a whole bunch of other ones. You know, it's not just reds there. That's happened to be my favorite. But they got whites. They got rieslings. Uh, they even got rosés. Things that, things that uh, all wine drinkers love, and it's really a great place to hang out uh, downtown. I, I I really have enjoyed every time I've been down there. Once again, if you're not comfortable, you know things in Colorado aren't perfect right now with the coronavirus. So maybe order yourself a bottle or do one of those, book yourself a virtual wine tasting, which are very, very popular in the winter. Uh, They send you all you need and you just participate in a Zoom with a bunch of other people and have a great time. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwdenver.com where you can order a bottle or book yourself a virtual wine tasting. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you in there. All right, we're back. Um... The rules don't inter- underestimate how the rules changes in the NBA have made it easier to defend the perimeter. Um, one of our big things, particularly with the Denver Nuggets, have through the past has been the Nuggets guards couldn't p- contain the perimeter. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that benefit of the doubt always went to the offensive player. And if you listen to the podcast I did a couple weeks ago on the rules changes, essentially what this has done is put the benefit of the doubt back more equal footing between defender and uh, offensive player. Um, people misunderstood skill for ability to draw whatever foul you want. That's not skill. That's, that's just taking advantage of the rules as they are. That's, I mean, I guess that's, that is a kind of skill, but it's an annoying kind of skill. Um, what you've seen with the Denver Nuggets is now that you can be, I could say more physical on the perimeter, but that's not true. We saw Trey Young draw some fouls on the perimeter last night. I think the notion that this has returned to, uh, late nineties, uh, bully ball is, uh, not correct. But what it has done is, like I said, even the playing field. So now, I mean, there was a there was a moment last night where Trey Young tried to jump into someone. Uh, oh, no, excuse me, he jumped away. So he kind of flopped it on the perimeter, and the official looked at him and just did nothing. Um, and there was one play where uh, I forget. I think it was Austin Rivers ran into. Uh, Trey Young uh, was run into off a screen, uh, and they gave Trey Young free three, th- three free throws. Excuse me, it's easy for me to say. Um, those instances right there is kind of the, what I'm telling you about the 50-50 nature of this. Um, there was a lot of players in the NBA, as I said in my previous podcast, who were really, you, you knew, were depending on those the threat of the three free throws. Those were um, the driving factor in the fact that you couldn't guard anyone on the perimeter. It was just hard. Now that this has happened, it is what it has done is kind of not prevent uh, penetration, but it has limited guards' freedom of movement, which 
I enjoy. Um, you will see throughout, even though this has created heightened tension, this has really improved the play of the league. The league had become extremely homogenous. Every action resulted in a three. And it had become almost unbearable to watch for a lot of us who've watched the NBA through the years. It just, it was so, everything was the same thing. It was, yes, the, the data indicated that you should sue that, but it just became so homogenous. It, everything was the same. Um, but what this has done, since it's even the playing field, is that the players who are genuinely good will succeed regardless of the rules changes. What the Nuggets did last night with Trey Young was they bothered him enough, and, and look, what this has allowed, this has allowed you defenses on teams to do is focus on the guys who will actually make a, di um, you know, make a difference. So whereas you were getting, I mean, the spacing in this league had become funhouse mirror, which really made guys like, as I said, look, Nikola Jokic look awful. You know, Jokic is not rim protector supreme, but he was never as bad as he looked at times. Uh, we've always said in defending Nikola Jokic that, you know, he's never as <laughs> The stats out there don't bear out the fact that he had a good effect on defense. Um, and defensive metrics are terrible. And they still are after all these years. But, and they're often contextual and based on who you're playing with. But this has kind of evened things out a bit, and it's really helped guys like Nikola Jokic not have to be left on roll to the rim island with uh, uh, um, centers who are far more athletic than him. You know, he had already figured out Rudy Gobert um, years ago. Um, and last night with Capella, what it has done is since – Trey Young couldn't constantly lob to Clint Capella because Aaron Gordon and a, co a couple other guys. I mean, Austin Rivers is actually did whatever deficiencies uh, Austin Rivers has on the offensive end. He still has been a good defender with the Nuggets. And it has allowed these guys to really bother Trey Young. And it helped Nicola out and not have to have him left on an island. And these rules changes, evening out everything, has really benefited the game, and it benefited defenses league-wide. Um, the clownish scores and the exaggerated stuff is not there anymore. Um, the league has really become balanced in a very short time span. And it has helped out... And the, the primarily it's because it's helped out defenses. In particular, a team like the Nuggets with a guy like Aaron Gordon out there who can really defend extremely well. Uh, and we got to really over, hey, tip our hat to the rule changes in Aaron Gordon for really fundamentally changing this Nuggets team. Now, the worm will turn and the Nuggets will have to become a better offensive team. They are not a good offensive team. Um, they are slow as molasses. They are, um, at sometimes ex excruciatingly difficult to watch, even with Nicole out there. Um, some of that has to do with Jamal and Mike being out, but some of it has to do with just the way they play. Um, there will be an adjustment and things will even out as the years goes, but 
though the NBA, there's no going back here. The NBA has decided that they are not going to, the funhouse mirror spacing is gone. The end, it's become a much more even league. And I think Nuggets fans should look at this and credit, and Michael Malone should get on his knees. I said this last night. Get on his knees and thank the NBA Board of Governors for putting in these rules because it probably warmed the cockles of Michael Malone's 90s heart to uh, find these rules returning. And I think, to be honest with you, I agree with him, and I think the league is better off. All right, thank you all for joining me on this weekend Mortcast. I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye.